Jim Marty here Thanks. from Bridge West CPAs and Consultants. I have my associate and partner on the line here with me, Larry Mishkin. Say hi, Larry. Jim, how you doing? Uh, Larry Mishkin from the Hope and Law Group. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Jim. Yeah, very good. So yeah, we have some things to talk about today. The Dead & Company tour is, is just getting outstanding reviews everywhere they go. And I heard great reports about shows at Wrigley Field last weekend. So Larry's going to yes, fill us in on that. Then we're going to swing into a discussion of uh, some of the, the big cannabis things and the laws that are changing in the Midwest, specifically Illinois and Missouri, have a lot of things going on. Right now, I'm speaking from uh, Massachusetts. We're, uh, we're visiting some family, and I visited a Massachusetts dispensary today, so I give an update on that. Fantastic. Lots of good stuff to talk about. You know, Jim, you're right. That and company are really hitting their stride right now. I was a little bit nervous because I read a review of the opening show on the tour from San Jose, and the guy who wrote the review, who's been covering them for years and years, made it sound like they were just going through the motions and that, you know, maybe magic was gone and maybe it was time to move on. I don't know what makes you watch, and, and, and maybe, you know, the first show on the tour is always a little bit rough, but they rolled into town this past weekend at Wrigley Field, and of course, as a, as a Cardinal fan from St. Louis, it's always difficult for me to go to Wrigley Field, except certainly on occasions like this, but it feels like just another home for the Deadhead, and it's really great. Huge crowds, everybody very excited to have them in town, and going, and what was funny for me about it is I've always been very partial to Jerry, like Bob and all the rest of them as well, I've always been partial to Jerry, and somehow they must have known that, uh, because Friday night... They opened with the other one, which really caught everybody off guard. I don't think I've ever seen that before in all my years. From that, it was basically all Jerry Garcia tunes the rest of the night. It's fun when they do it. I love getting all that Jerry stuff going out there. To me, the highlight was they broke out to Lay Me Down, which is, to my understanding, Ted and Company had not yet played with Bobby on acoustic, but you had John Mayer, and I'm not enough of a an instrument geek to know the difference. I thought he was playing a pedal steel guitar yesterday when I listened to Grateful Dead Hour on uh, the Deadhead station on Sirius XM. Uh, David Gans was explaining that it's not a pedal steel. It's what they call a lap pedal guitar. And you basically play it and there's these little things you can move with your knees to kind of give it that twangy sound. Um, but whatever the heck it was, it was just tremendous. And while I'm, I'm often quick to point out that uh, these guys are great, but I'll take Jerry any day of the week. And I know Jerry was a pedal steel guitar maestro, although I never really got to see him do it. But boy, they really, really played that tune well. And I just could not have been more impressed uh, with the way they threw it all together. So, um, you know, that yes, was definitely I, the highlight. Um, also heard To Lay Me Down yesterday on Tales from the Golden Road. And it sounded great. It sounded great. I haven't heard that song in a long time especially in the live yep. situation i had seen um, jerry play it i was fortunate enough to the shows where the dead played it just amazing and john mayer really did knock it out it's a guitar that sounds like a pedal steel guitar exactly it was uh, and it's a, it it's a metal guitar david gann says that it, it, it's just a steel guitar not a pedal steel gotcha right and that, uh, right you use your knees to push these little things to make the, the twangy noise and all of that other stuff but uh yeah it, you know it, it was just great uh the second set was really fun anytime they open a set with china cat you know you're in for a good time 
But what I really yeah. like and what they do a lot, and I just can never get enough of, is they do the St. Stephen into the 11. And, you know, I mean, uh, for those of us that uh, were never of age to actually see Jerry and the boys play the 11, that whole St. Uh, Dark Star into St. Stephen into the 11 and the Love Light stuff from the late 60s, it's such a treat to always see those tunes. Um, and, you know, while they're playing it, I can't, set, can't help but sit there and think, my God, what is going through Bob Weir's mind right now? He played this song 50 years ago, and here he is still playing it. And right. it's just tremendous to hear. So uh, they had a great knocking on Heaven's Door encore. It rained most of the second set. My brother and I got lucky because they have seats on the third baseline under the roof, so we didn't get wet. But uh, these guys were playing, and the rain was blowing directly into them. Ugh. So, you know, when they moved the stages, yeah. they normally try to... They had to take Jeff Comenti off of the P3 Hammond organ and put a big tarp over it. And uh, they they had to keep going out and wiping off the drum set. John Mayer was wearing a full rain poncho. Bobby, of Jeez. course, was out there in a short sleeve shirt having a ball. Yeah, so, uh, so I've heard such great things. They're just blowing up the Internet and social media with all the rave reviews of the Dead & Company shows. And, and then Fish did a great job this weekend at Bonnaroo. Oh, right. Bonnaroo was this weekend, too. I heard about that. Yeah, and they were playing that on Fish Radio Station all weekend, and it sounded great. Yep. Really playing well. Yep. So, um, yep, it's awesome. yeah, there was another show of Dead & Company recently where they opened with Terrapin. So, yeah, they're really jumping straight into it. You know, usually the other one and Terrapin are, you know, fairly late in the second set songs. Wait until I tell you about the Saturday night show, and that'll blow your mind. Uh, but before we get there, we can't forget our alternative purposes here. <laughs> and uh, the guy who's from St. Louis originally and uh, still has a father living in St. Louis and spent a lot of time down there, uh, I could not be more excited that the state of Missouri has voted in medical cannabis. The applications are out. And as I uh, understand, Jim, you've been spending quite a bit of time in Missouri lately. Yeah, I was there a week or so ago. And you know, like you said, everyone's very excited. I think we're going to Issues 60 cultivated licenses and 180-some extraction. Um, so, yeah, it's another large, heavily populated Midwestern state that's coming on board. Applications came out about two weeks ago when I was in Missouri. And, um, or misery, as you guys say. But we'll, see. <laughs> but, well, you know, it's, it's, it's just so exciting. I think it's great for Missouri, which you know, sometimes comes across as, as, a, as a pretty red state. And so I, I see this as a, uh, as a huge positive move by the state overall. Uh, it, you know, it's incredibly a lot of foresight on part to recognize that this is the direction things are going and to try and get on top of it earlier rather than be one of the latecomers. So it, it, it's, it's going to be a tremendous opportunity do you see yourself working with some of the folks down there uh, as they move forward? Yeah. Well, the way part it works in Missouri, it's a point system, and you get extra points if you can have people on your application, either as owners or consultants, who have cannabis experience. So I have ah, some of perfect. my Colorado, some Bridgewest Colorado clients are going to be on the applications in Missouri, which will give them some extra points. You also get extra points depending on your zip code. If you're in a high unemployment area, so a lot of ways to get get up various points. You know, the regulators got out ahead of it, and they live in many areas of the application. When you answer the question, you can only use two to three or five hundred words. Says the 
anything that the applicant writes, of course, somebody has to read it. And they don't want to be reading huge stacks of paper because they're under a tight timeline. I'm not, the applications are due back in in August. And then later this year in the fall, the uh, license will be issued. So um, sometime in the first half of 2020, the first medical marijuana will be grown, harvested, and sold in Missouri. So they're right on track. And there was a, a newspaper article this morning in Missouri talking about how the uh, state is getting ahead of it. And they're pre-registering, pre-signing up patients even before there's any place for them to, to buy medical marijuana. So hopefully by the time oh, there's wow. a first harvest, unlike uh, the situation in Illinois, there will be lots of patients to sell the cannabis too. Well, that was my very next question is, what is your understanding as to the, uh, the scope of the list of qualifying conditions for the Missouri program? I, I, uh, one of my friends in Missouri, he half joked to me that you can get a medical marijuana license in Missouri if you have dandruff. <laughs> well, I, I have to say that's a that's a good answer. And once again, I'm just thrilled to hear that Missouri, which is a state that tends to be very heavily law and order, very heavily regulated, is taking that approach and uh, you know generally making it available to people who need it without forcing them to jump through a lot of hurdles. Here's another question for you: What is your understanding? as to the types of products you're going to be able to buy. In other words, will it be a, uh, a full service where you can buy flour and everything like you can in Illinois, or is it going to be limited to the vapes and oils like we get in Minnesota and New York? No, it's going to be um, all of the above. You'll be able to sell flour. You'll be able to wholesale your flour anywhere within the state of Missouri, so you don't have to be totally vertical. You know, it's going to be uh, somewhere right. of an open market with the cultivators. Uh, so you don't have to be vertically integrated. There's going to be extraction and extracted products, and uh, the retailers should have a, a good variety of uh, products. On well, this is exciting stuff. I'm glad to hear that. And once again, it sounds like they're doing things the right way. And, you know, look, another state in the Midwest that's part of the program is only good for everybody. And yep. very, very excited to see that happening. Yeah, it'll be a, a year will go by very fast, and we'll have legal cannabis in Missouri. And perhaps, Larry, you can um, introduce us or update us what's going up in Illinois. Uh, we've had some exciting things happen there as far as adult use goes. Well, yeah, and, and, and in Illinois, the adult use uh, statute keeps marching along. I know we discussed this a little bit in our last show, but on a daily basis, it seems that there's you know, new things, new issues rising to the surface, many of them positive. You know, one or two of them, I don't, I don't like to refer to them as negative. I like to refer to them as issues to be resolved. And one of the biggest issues we have going on in Illinois right now is that the state approved right at the last minute to add into the bill that they will allow a certain number of community colleges throughout Illinois to get a special license, which will allow them to grow a limited number of plants on their facilities, at their facilities, for purposes of being able to provide an educational course in the cannabis industry, both in cultivation and processing and manufacturing which is very, very exciting news. However, I've also been working with a group that is very committed to starting an incubator project in Chicago that will be services made available to those individuals who have been identified in the statute, the ones who come from neighborhoods that have been disproportionately affected by the war on drugs, but may not necessarily have the financial wherewithal to go to community college or the ability to go to community college. And so the idea here is to start an incubator with private funding that will allow these individuals to come in and learn the industry 
so that they can then take advantage of the licenses that are going to be set aside and offered to members of of those communities. The problem is right now we can't get the state to agree that uh, they should extend that educational program to these types of private incubators. But we're working on it because we see that as the way to best ensure that the highly talked about social equity piece can actually be fulfilled. It doesn't do you any good to set aside a license for people from disadvantaged uh, backgrounds and even to give them some money if they just don't have any idea on how to run a business the right way or even you know how to grow the marijuana. And um, I I'm, I'm just couldn't be happier to see these groups of people that are really, really committed to you know, looking past how can I make money for myself and are you know, really looking how can I make this program work you know, for these groups. And, and I just think it's a tremendous thing. They've got my full support. And you know, we're, we just couldn't be more excited in Illinois right now, too. It's a great time for us. It is. Every day there's something new in the newspaper. And there's a lot of help that all these new startup companies need from, from firms like your law firm, Hoban, Hoban Law, and our firm, yeah. Bridge West, as well as the other CPAs and lawyers who are out there working in this industry. Um, it's becoming a real industry. You know, I don't have time for it on today's, but the next time we talk, I'll update you on the um, New Orleans program that's coming online this year and the uh, MJ BizCon conference that I I just attended there. I would just say the main theme of that conference was that our industry is becoming legitimate. And what will it look like in 2030? You know, will there be a a separate section of the grocery store for your CBD-infused potato chips? So that's just a little teaser (laughs) for the, the next call. As far as this call goes, like I said, so much going on. I'm in Massachusetts right now. I visited a dispensary today. It's a very nice dispensary called Vera Life in uh, Woburn, mm-hmm. uh, Massachusetts, and uh, down by Cape Cod. It wasn't too bad. Uh, we walked right in. There was no line. It was, I mean, talk about the world on its head. So a very nice police officer helped us park and then stop traffic for us and take us directions to the beach. And so, yeah, who would have thought we'd be walking up to police officers with a eighth of an ounce of marijuana and asking them directions? Well, I think it's great. And actually, that's interesting. What you related to me, I was just talking to my son who lives in Boston, and apparently last week they opened the first adult use dispensary within the city limits. And he said, this will make us appreciate what's going on in our state. You you have to call an order in advance. Otherwise, it's a four-hour wait once you get there. Yeah. And when you order yeah. in advance well, and you get there, you still have to wait in line. And they limit them to one-eighth of an ounce of flour and one gram of extract. Yeah, that's the way it is here in Massachusetts, too. By state yeah. law, you can um, purchase up to uh, the adult use side. You can purchase up to an ounce at a time, but they're limiting it to a quarter ounce because of the lack of supply from the cultivation side right. of things. So, yeah, a lot of these that's states just have a big imbalance between supply and demand you know some states like oregon you've got massive overproduction up in massachusetts you've got underproduction so yeah going back to missouri part of what i'm working on there with some of our new missouri clients is to try to match up the cultivation side with the patient count and that's why i was really glad to see in the paper today that missouri is now signing up patients even though it'll be the better part of a year before the first harvest but that's you know to try to match up that supply and demand is no easy matter when you go from uh, first time through on, on medical marijuana or don't use marijuana, getting those factors sized up correctly 
I generally tell my cultivators, and it's been true in Colorado, even though prices have gone down, you still sell everything you grow. So, you know, get your cultivation up fast, get it up big, yep. you know, go big and, and, and start growing and cultivating and harvesting as fast as you can um, to try to meet that demand. So, yep. Towards the end of our time slot here, Larry, you wanted to give us a review right. of the Saturday night show, which, again, all reports are yeah. it was just a, a stellar, stellar show that made everybody remember exactly why we love the Grateful Dead so much. Well, that that's exactly right. I walked out of the Friday show very happy and very satisfied. I walked out of the Saturday night show thinking, maybe I should go on tour and follow these guys again. And, and to your point earlier... At, uh, you know, the shows were called for 6.30. They started both nights at about five minutes after 7. Saturday night, they literally walked out onto the stage, picked up their instruments, and without any introduction or anything, Bobby dived right into the first verse of Terrapin Station. And, you know, right, I, right. I've you know, been going to, going to shows for 25, 30 years. I have never, ever, ever seen a Terrapin Station right out of the box. It could have, you know, maybe been a little flat, but they played it so well, and it set the mood, and they went straight from that into Sugar Magnolia, which, you know, is, is I don't know anybody who doesn't like that song. And then they broke into Mr. Charlie, which I only heard the Dead play once or twice, and I got to tell you, John Mayer played that tune like he wrote it. I mean, you know, I, 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 I always defer to Jerry on his tunes, but John just killed this one. It was really tremendous. And Bobby was in kind of a crazy mood towards the end of the first set. Uh, the second to last song was Mama Tried, and they played it, and they ended it, and then they stood around on the stage for a minute, and after about three minutes, they Bobby stepped back up to the microphone, and they picked up the song through the last verse and chorus again, and nobody could figure out what the hell he was doing. <laughs> then he rolled straight into Love Light, so we figured... Uh, you know, but it was like a rehearsal. It was like, I didn't like that ending. Let's go back and just play the end yeah. of the song again. And they did. Wow. And uh, wow. It, was, it was great. Second set opened with a great Scarlet into New Speedway Boogie, a wonderful help slip Franklin's. Friday night, when they opened with the other one, they only played the first verse. So coming out of space Saturday night, of course, they picked up the second verse. I had to explain to my son how they do that sometimes. Sometimes they even carry it over a day or two uh, before they pick something back up. But, you know, anytime uh, anybody comes out and plays Ripple for an encore, you know, everybody goes home happy. And just so he showed that he, he hadn't forgotten, Bobby left us all smiling with a uh, tremendous one more Saturday night where he howled at the end of it like he used to do back in the day. And really, he had this entire place. It, it may have been louder in there than when the Cup went to the World Series. It was just incredible. Uh, great shows. You know, you walk out of there and you're like... <laughs> I call that when they get the howl. Yep. It, it just, you know, it's just reminded me again why, of course, I'm going to go to see these guys. Why would I think for a minute I wasn't going to go? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Back um, in Jerry's day, the Grateful Dead day, when the Grateful Dead would have a particularly good set or a good concert, at the very end, they would get what I would call the howl. And they we would just howl at the top of our lungs and just bring the roof down if there was an indoor facility or shake the building if it was an outdoor facility. We would just really just absolutely give them what I would always call the howl. And it sounds like they got the howl in Chicago on Saturday night. They got it over and over and over again. And it, it was just, it was, a, it was a great night. Everybody was having a great time all around us. There were old people. There were young people. There were tiny little kids. And everybody was having a ball, you know. 
It just uh-huh. was one of those kind of nights where they got it right. The songs were great. They were played well. The moon must have been in the right position or something because uh, it, it was a special night. Well, that's great. And while the dead were doing that, Fish was playing to eighty or 100,000 people at Bonnaroo. And although I wasn't I there, um, we, ha- we were driving around in our rent-a-car up here in New England listening to the uh, the show all weekend, the Friday night show. And then they broadcast Sunday night live on the Fish Channel on Sirius Satellite Radio. And, boy, they yep. sounded great. Uh, you know, terrific oh. 2001, terrific character zero. Um, just wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful ha- Harry Hood. And then when I was with my, my sons. Our sons are 21 and 31. And, of course, they have all their social media going. Yep. The thing about Bonnaroo is you're going to play for probably half the house is not there for Fish. They're there for the other bands at Bonnaroo. So Fish is playing for a lot of people who normally don't go to Fish shows. And it was really interesting to see the reaction on social media. Hey, I've never seen Fish before, but now I get it. The love, the lights, the music. So, um, you know, it's a great summer. Great summer of 2019. Uh, Dead and Co. out there rolling around the country. They head to the Northeast now. They're doing a stadium show. At uh, Gillette Stadium, right. so that they could that could possibly yep. be eighty thousand people for a Dead and Company That's show, right. and I, I could be wrong, but I think this Gillette Stadium is the first real stadium, big stadium they're doing. They do college stadiums like right. Folsom Field, which are smaller, but um, yep. yeah, Dead and Co is doing stadium shows. That's fantastic to see. I love that too. Um, it's it, it just, uh, and I got to tell you, my summer is just beginning. Uh, we have fish coming here for three nights at Alpine in the middle of July, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the Thursday night leading in, we have the Joe Russo band coming the night before fish does three shows at Alpine Valley. All right. Well, I think we're coming okay. to the end of our time slot. So I look forward to doing this again next week. And we'll have more of an update on um, one of the first southern states, I guess the first southern state to get medical marijuana in Louisiana. And we'll have more dead and fish and other summer tour news to talk about so larry over and out thank you jim over and out to you as well enjoy your travels we'll have much more to talk about coming up i'm looking forward to it okay over and out listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms podcast. I started the Pop Moms podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.